Fabulous. With your hosts, lifelong friends, Stephanie Hogan and Kevin Loftus. This is our podcast where we talk about pop culture, true crime, life, and whatever we want. Everything is alleged. We will not be accepting cease and desist at this time. Gorgeous green fields. The hills of Ireland, absolutely. I'm I'm so um, happy to see you and happy to be back doing this. I know it's been a while. I think our our schedules just kept clashing. That was kind of funny, though. I know. But yeah, um, it's a commitment, everyone, boys and girls. Guys, this is a, a commitment. We're commitment. yeah, we're like failing miserably, but we're it's still like yeah. taking up so much of our lives, so much of our energy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to think of like oh, you can see the bedpost is like popping up. I'm dead. That's amazing. <laughs> see, Wait, guys, we're, we're just giving you the realness. Yeah, we're amateurs. It's amateur hour. Um, yeah, we're giving this is so real, and I love that for us. But that's love what that you'll always get. Absolutely. Yeah. This is episode, um, by the way, your mic is not that great, but we're just going to have to keep it going because this is episode three, you guys, but like, we'll be lucky if this is the first one that even gets posted at this point, at this point, but like, we're getting into the swing of things and we're getting used to things yeah. and these stories are incredible. I haven't seen you obviously since Christmas. We had this big mad Christmas and now I feel like I'm back in like my hibernation hole of actually having to go to work and go to the gym and eat chicken rice. <laughs> I know it's literally just been chicken, rice and broccoli um it's been vanilla it's been very beige um I've been off the drink but I did just I did succumb last night to two bottles of Prosecco I'm not gonna lie to you two bottles. not one not one but two it's just I got the taste for it and you guys when I got the taste for it the bubbles everything just came rushing back and I was like two weeks off the drink is enough for me you know my peak is that I went to the cinema yesterday, which I don't usually do, but I saw Megan. I really want to see that. So good. It looks brilliant. It looks like my type of movie. Hey, you know that guy, Brian, that we follow? He's in it. He's in it. And I didn't know he that. Is. Brian yes, Jordan Alvarez, I, I... like top 10 funniest <laughs> people on the internet right now. Literally. He actually, I saw it on his Instagram. He kept like resharing it and he has a little bit of a cameo. And I saw him in the trailer. I was like, no, Brian, he's so hot. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. But yeah, he's yeah. so interesting. I mean, I had just heard, have you heard all the talk about it like on Twitter and stuff? Because, you know, like last year, that Fire Island movie came out on Hulu and then Bros came out with Billy Eichner and like two like big kind of gay movies. And then the tweet was like, not the gays, like letting Bros and Fire Island flop and then coming out like swinging for Megan, like this horror movie about a fucking doll. And then this, there was like this article that was like, oh, why gay men really connect with Megan? And it's because it's all about chosen family. And then somebody retweeted it and was like, no, it's because she's hot and she slays. But I don't know what it is, but like, it's the funniest. It's, it, I did, I just wasn't, I wasn't expecting that much. I was expecting like a regular horror movie, but it was like, 
so funny so well done it was scary genuinely scary but also not like scary that like I'm really deeply uncomfortable and Brian was like had a sort of significant role and like was not himself at all like was there was some comedic stuff in it but it wasn't like the classic Brian Jordan Alvarez on his TikTok which is kind of a sign of a really good actor yeah definitely that you wouldn't even connect him with his his character oh my god I really want to see this so good and the girl from girls was there um yeah I don't remember her name Allison something she was really good too yeah I loved her (laughs) okay we're back just had a little powder moment um before we get into the seriousness and the darkness and the depth and the juiciness of our true crime stories, we realized we needed to talk about one of the light- biggest like pop culture moments going on right now that we're both obsessed with. Yeah, um, it's Shakira's new song. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm dead. And first of all, she yeah. Shakira's just completely swept the rug out of under Miley's feet and kind of deservedly so like. I love Miley. I'm such a Miley stan, but like it's been like 10 years and the song is boring. It sounds like Harry Styles and Dua Lipa. Like I like the song. It's fine. I'm sure it'll grow on me even more. But have you heard the song? Miley's song? The Flowers? Flowers song? Mm -hmm. I I really like it. It's going to do great. I like the song as well. I'm just like, I don't know. Was Shakira, maybe I shouldn't compare them, but Shakira is giving me what I needed from like a breakup song. Yes. I think... Miley's is a little bit more like oh you know like is she is she not okay she's definitely referring to Bruno Mars's song it's 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 more kind of like I don't know PG Shakira is going for it there is no word of a lie like there's no if they're both with Shakira it's 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 brutal and I love it I'm here for it oh my gosh she's like living across from her in-laws now and they can yes. literally see her balcony and do you see where she put a witch on the balcony recently she's savage she is she's lost it um love her i mean obviously she's had all the tax issues and she's kind of she owns up to it like she thinks about it and i'm totally here for it i am heartbroken for her obviously because it's literally a younger model and that's what she thinks about as well someone half her age yeah i was kind of glad that she referenced that what he's just lost it i mean it's shakira come on are you going to ditch Shakira dump Shakira for yeah they have two boys they're like eight and six they're still quite young she's gotten custody he can have them for a couple of days and he's looking for houses in Miami because she's actually moved to Miami they literally started school I think last Monday so the court order went in they were literally in the court only like last weekend um, trying to finalize everything and sort it all out but did you see where he was caught on a video call with Clara or Chiara. Her name's Clara or Chiara? I think it's Clara Chia. Oh, okay. So yeah, she's caught in the back of a video when they were still together in the family home, like July 2021 or something like that. What was she caught doing? Just like walking past the camera or something? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like on a video call and she's caught like going, going behind the camera and then at the side of the camera and very, very clearly her and, apparently they were still together very much so now they never got married which I actually was kind of surprised that I thought they I thought they were married but no um yeah they were caught did you see his and hers reaction to the whole thing like um he tweeted like circus emojis or something 
he tweeted clown emojis and just kind of pushed like some kind of product that he has which fair enough like that's probably the smartest thing to do and like probably not saying anything is better than anything else and then I think Clara posted like a head melted emoji and then posted herself like dancing to the song so I don't know maybe she has like a quirky sense of humor or like probably at this point just coping mechanism because I think like yeah fastest downloaded or fastest most listened to Latin song ever it's like 68 million in views in however many hours so whatever happened obviously we're all team where I think we're team Shakira here I still feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on especially Clara not so much PK because obviously he's yeah. and he's really famous already but like feel a bit bad for Clara as well I can't believe that um it's the fastest downloaded wow that's that's wild but did you see too though he signed a deal with Casio already I mean, I think that's the only way you can do it, but like maybe he's a bit quick. I think the only way with these things is to lean into it and make a joke about it, but like he was a bit quick to do that. And like everything that Shakira said was just like a massive burn, like a total burn. <laughs> it was, I know. She went, she went like it was cutthroat and it worked. And honestly, it's brilliant. I'm loving it. I'm ready for the next song. Like, the song is such a bop. Yeah, she's yeah. like, so, she's like way more relevant than she's been in like 10 years right now. She is. I think she was like, oh crap, you know, I have all these tax issues. My name's probably a little bit a little bit smeared. And mm-hmm. now she's like, no, I can do this. I can I can get this back on track. And by God, how she. It's a lot of uh celebrities that just were basically declaring that they weren't living there when they were and they just oh Spain are broke. Okay, this is the deep dive. Spain's government broke and they're clutching. But you know, maybe maybe they do deserve a couple of million from from slabs and they weren't they weren't paying. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's probably something. Got our own problem. Let's go on to our true crime story. What have you got for us, Stephanie? Our true crime. Okay. Yeah, I mean it definitely is it is a little heavier, but um I don't know how much you've heard of this, Kev. It's all over my TikTok. I am a true crime fanatic. It's the only type of podcast I listen to. Obviously, I listen to Tink and a few other um lighter work sort of thing but if I'm driving you know commuting up to Dublin late at night it's a true crime podcast I put on and I just love it um wait but how do you even go into like the fucking gas station if you need to after listening to that like how no honey the door oh no the doors are locked the uh, (laughs) I'm doing 120 up that motorway I'm not getting out of that car but um yeah I don't know actually I have never had to leave the car after listening but honestly try me at this stage just try me I want some (laughs) just come for me you know anyway Brian what's his name Brian Koberger come for me Brian Koberger that's him. Anyway, ooh, I gave the game away. That's the best. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Let's do it. Um, let's start from the beginning. So it's it's late November, and these four college students, three girls, one guy. There's a couple, a guy and a girl, are just at two separate parties. So the guy and the girl are one party in town. It's a lovely, sleepy college town, um, in the University Iowa. of Idaho. It's, oh, Idaho. In, in Idaho. So in this place called Moscow, Idaho, and you know the locals. I don't have any grievance about you know it's been a huge college town they embrace it it's just supposedly this really nice lovely place to go to college and so these this guy and a girl a couple are at one party and two girls at another local bar in town it's the local college bar 
and their last moments are seen just like an average person would on a night out getting food at a food truck. So they're caught there um, and the other two are at some frat party and they head home first and then the two girls head home <laughs> back to the house and they literally do a door dash at 4am and then that's it. By 4.17 they're supposedly all killed and the crazy thing about it and is what kept so many people I think interested in the whole story was the fact that there was two people in that house altogether six people and only four people were murdered that night so the killer left two students still alive in that house and everyone was kind of freaking out okay well why didn't you hear why didn't the girls do something how can four people be slain in one night literally who's not fighting back who's not you know potentially trying to raise an alarm yeah screaming the house down but then you have to remember too, we've all lived in a house with like multiple people, comings and goings, noises at 4am and not in the middle of the night. You would just suspect it's just, especially after a night out, if you've had a couple of beers. Yeah, some people are heavy sleepers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this literally was, they had no suspect. Um, they were trying to do a whole the internet were basically doing a bit of a manhunt I'd say and getting really involved and like okay well what about that guy uh, you know when they were re-watching the last scene videos of the two students what about that guy in the hoodie I think they're kind of like looking at those girls and all this it was basically just really really interesting the fact that there was zero there was nobody that they they knew of that could potentially be uh, this this killer until Wait, but did they not suspect the roommates so no, the roommates. I think very from the get go, they had no defensive wounds. You know, I think what oh, yeah. happened was that the I think basically what happened, one of the roommates did actually see. So it's come out now that do have a suspect. His name's Brian Koberger. He's twenty eight and he's a, a master. He's doing a master's in criminology in um, a nearby college. So, yeah. So basically, he it said now that the surviving roommate, one of them actually did see him. They saw him leave and, um, she, you know, we're, there's all type of guesses on the internet about how she went into, and this is actually pr- apparently quite common, you can go into like a trance in such a state of shock that, you know, you don't believe what's happening and you can't even move and to your brain to like make you like calm down and, and tell you that you're safe convinces you that, you know, okay, no, you didn't see what you saw. You didn't see that person. Oh, that person is just... And to think if you did just see him randomly walk out, you'd be like, oh, maybe one of the girls has had someone over and he's leaving. But at the end of the day, it's a college house. They're all young, young girls. And if you did just order a DoorDash at 4 a.m., are you thinking, okay, well, it's only quarter past four. Maybe someone has ordered another DoorDash and that's the DoorDash guy, yeah. the delivery driver. But what was so, the context no. of what she saw? Like she just saw him walking out of the house. She like got up, she woke up, opened the door, saw him walking out of the house, closed the door, went back to bed literally i think he is said to walk right past her it's not yet known because the affidavit so the court affidavit basically detailing all the information and how the cops mm, are building a case and know it to be brian koberger um has been released but it hasn't been released to say you know what i think i believe her name is morgan maybe um it could be the surviving girl i think it could be morgan it it actually doesn't tell us what Morgan saw or what Morgan did next. Okay, so, so they have to keep it quiet um, until they have everything together. 
I think they did. They didn't want it to get out that she she actually saw him. Um, it only broke when they arrested him that she actually provided a, um, a witness statement. Right. And she said that, you know, all she could see was a man, you know, slight build, tall, athletic, and had really bushy eyebrows. For eyebrows and Brian Koberger has very large eyebrows. And it's not yet known if he did see her and just physically, apparently another, you know, internet theory is that he was so physically exhausted from stabbing the other four students and people in that house that he just couldn't even turn and, you know, attack this girl. He was like, I can't do it. And just was from sheer exhaustion left the house. So a couple of things how they actually got him was obviously her witness statement which could probably be debunked, I guess, by a, a defense team at the end of the day saying, oh, you know, a lot of people have bushy eyebrows. Yeah. But his car was seen on, seen on a couple of ring doorbells, which is a white, um, I think it's like a white SUV, like a normal car. It's nothing too out of the ordinary, but um, his phone was pinging in the area. He had turned it off when he actually committed the crime but he it, it popped up again only 15 minutes away from the house what is he doing he is 28 years old and doesn't go to that uh, college what is he doing in the area like come on how are they going it to do sounds that like he did it and i feel like the fact that he's studying criminology as well is actually very scary because yeah. if you're inclined to like mass murder people but you're like smart enough yeah. to school to study how to do it properly and get away with it like that's crazy but you would think that maybe someone like that would get away with it and be a bit smarter i know well he was being quite smart when he drove so this is apparently all pre-arranged that his father would because he's from philadelphia so he drives the car with his dad from uh, idaho to philadelphia which is potentially you know kind of a halfway across the states really. yeah that's a so, long drive there's a long drive in fairness um so it's obviously for Christmas. So it's over the Christmas period. The cops are at this stage staking him out 24-7. They think this is his guy, but they don't have anything major to go on. He's really smart. He's putting his rubbish out in the neighbor's bin. So they can't even get his DNA. And another key thing, sorry, he did leave behind. And I completely forgot to mention was the strap of the knife he used was underneath one of the girls' body. Of the knife. So oh. the knife was in a holder and it was found underneath one of the victim's bodies. And they, again, the internet thinks that he completely forgot about the strap because his intended victim was in the room with, with the, her friend and he killed the two of them. But then he was potentially, you know, stopped in his tracks by the other two roommates that he was surprised to see maybe across the hall. And when he dropped the, the knife, um, strap underneath one of them he, he had to attack the other two because he was seen and he forgot to go back and get it so his DNA is on that nice strap and what was really cool and I think the first of its kind his data, his DNA is obviously not in the database he's never been in trouble before cops didn't know you know how are we going to connect this to this guy but they asked like his dad had done myheritage.com or like 23andMe so they asked the 23andMe company and it's the first of this kind. So it's actually really, really cool that this is potentially a great database for people to solve crimes. And they get a match with his dad and it's 90, 99% certain that this person's DNA is um, the son of, you know, the, the DNA they found in the neighbor's bin. 
So oh. in fairness, he was trying to cover his tracks and he was doing sort of a good job. Could he have potentially got away with it if there wasn't a ring camera? Yes. And, you know, 22 in me? Yes. But his main thing, his main first thing was dropping, obviously, the knife strap. Oh, my God. I'm shook. But I'm glad it sounds yeah. like, I mean, it, like, it can't not be him. This is obviously all alleged. Yeah, legit. All alleged, alleged and opinion. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds like it might have been him. That's crazy that I'm like 23andMe is part of it because I feel like they always, everyone's always like privacy and 23andMe. And obviously, like, to be honest, if you just murdered four people, like F your privacy, like, come on. Exactly. Fact that you do not, you've just unalived four people. You do not deserve privacy. We're getting you. And then another creepy thing is apparently from where he's from in Pennsylvania, there's a couple of unsolved murders. This guy's 28. He could be. Yeah, I'm sorry. He went to school for criminology. It was all him. All the murders in the yeah. Pennsylvania area that he's from. Like that was all him. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it That's has to be. Enough. And anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Bad. I just can't wait. So yeah. four young college girls were killed right before Christmas. Three boy, three girls, one boy, one of the partners, one of the girls' boyfriends. Yeah, late November. So. And was it all yeah. struggle? Like all the, it must have been a horrific scene. Oh, the very first photo I saw, um, and, and when I heard of it was on TikTok. And so obviously Idaho is quite a cold place. There's snow on the ground. The house is white. There is blood seeping out of the house one of the photos I saw onto the snow and you can see that's obviously potentially where someone died and um, the blood is actually sleeping through the walls. That's one of the photos. You have to look it up after this. Oh my God. I don't even yeah. know. What to do. Yeah. So and that's obviously another theory as to why the two other housemates that were unharmed didn't call 911. They literally only called them, I think at around half 11 and the next morning and that's 1130. So I'll do followers, but, um, and that's 1130. Um, and that's, uh, another reason apparently, you know, they rang their friend to come over first to the house because they were in such shock and that friend found one of the girls passed out and actually called 911 saying that someone's unconscious just one person is unconscious so potentially you know she woke up saw this horrific scene again and passed out again or like went into shock again um but i can't wait to to, to hear the whole story and why the two girls you know weren't killed um i mean it's a big house it's a three-story house it's kind of a ground floor um a middle floor and a top floor but yeah. the witness one of the girls that actually witnessed Brian Koberger was on the same floor that, you know, the point of entry into the house and the point of exit. So did he just go straight up to the, his intended? His intended victim is this girl, one of the girls called Kaylee. Did he know exactly where Kaylee's bedroom was? Was he shocked that her friend was staying over in her bedroom? Um, obviously, that friend had another bedroom, but, you know, when you're drunk, you'll have a few a few drinks and a night out. You're just going to pass out with your friend wherever. I mean, what did Kaylee have a prior relationship with him? Did she, was she afraid of it and, and like, convinced her fucking friend to stay with her who the friend didn't really think too much of it and just slept in the same bed with her? Like, I mean, possibly, yeah, possibly. Kaylee was out that night. She seemed happy when, you know, she's caught on that um, camera at the food truck. She, had, she was still obviously not too scared that she was going out with her friends, as she should live her life. 
Um, apparently, though, she was complaining of being stalked and never told, you know, never reported it, never mentioned, you know, it to the cops. But it's it's being alleged now that, you know, her parents knew about it, her friends knew about it, and that Brian it was the guy. He just got a bit of a fixation with Kaylee, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. But come here, also... That girl who was downstairs, like, could she have had her door locked? Like, I don't know all the details. Could she have had her door locked? And maybe we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't know those details. We only, as I said, when they were, the minute they went in, like a SWAT team went in and got Brian. The, the fact that she actually witnessed Brian was only released after they, you know, they yeah. had him in custody. They knew they could hold him. So they didn't want to release anything because obviously her life could have been in danger. I don't know yeah. where she's. We haven't heard from her. She hasn't spoken. She's probably absolutely traumatized the poor girl. But yeah, potentially she she actually did see him and just locked her door and dove under her covers and hoped for the best. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And she got lucky that he was just like, maybe she didn't see me. Because apparently he was wearing a ski mask. So only his like forehead and eyebrows were like. Oh, weird. okay. Just the, cla- just the massive fucking bushy, bushy eyebrows. Yeah, just the massive bushy eyebrows, and he does have bushy eyebrows. Like, oh my god! But he he just looks like a killer. I know this is like completely like, oh yeah, he definitely did it, you know. But he does. There's something kind of dead behind his eyes. You need to go check it out. So I was I was recommending the True Crime Garage podcast. Just a couple of um guys that literally drink a beer in their garage and they go over cold cases cases that are you know complete complete mystery um and they're really good i love listening to them so they actually have a pretty good feeling podcast yeah it's very cash obviously they cover some dark dark things so the lighter the better and they're literally just cracking beers um and they're genuinely best friends so kind of like us so um really recommend that and they have a great recap on the whole idaho murders and the fact that this suspect Brian Koberger is now in custody so I'd recommend that okay I think you have yeah. like a spooky story yeah that was, <laughs> that's a lot to follow but I have a little story which is going to be shorter because I don't remember all the details because I watched this amazing episode of 2020 last year shout out to 2020 available on Hulu if you're in the US if you're not then I don't know good luck to you but basically, mm-hmm. there's this episode about this woman named Jody Hosentrout. I don't know how to pronounce her goddamn second name. We're just going to call her Jody. Yeah. If she was born in 1968 and this happened in 1995. Oh, she's 27. I'm so stupid. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia <laughs> right now. Okay. This 27-year-old blonde girl basically moved from Minnesota to Mason City, Iowa, whatever the fuck that is, in 1993. And she moved into an apartment complex on Kentucky Avenue and got a job as a news anchor for KIMT, the CBS affiliate there. And essentially, she was a really pretty, smart, ambitious girl. And I'm so interested in the whole like broadcast route here. But basically... What you do is you, after you go to college or whatever, you get a job as like a broadcaster in a really, really small market where you get a chance to like hone your skill and thrive. And like, then you have a reel and then you maybe get to go to a bigger city or like move up somehow. That's how like all the big broadcasters do it. 
which is really interesting because these small town communities are so fascinating. So anyway, she joins, she joins, she becomes like the morning anchor for this local show. She becomes a really active member of the community. And as they tell the story, like she seemed like a really fun person to work with. But as they tell, like she had to go to work and like be on air at like 4 a.m. ish or something like that. And her usual call time was like 3.50 a.m. And she's in this apartment complex and she has this like red card. So she had like a five minute drive from her apartment complex to the studio because it's like no traffic at the time. And it's a tiny city, like smaller than Limerick, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, they she her and her producer used to have this agreement, like if I'm not there, like 350 or whatever or four like start calling me because like I've clearly overslept and like it would happen every now and then not that often but they would have to call each other and they'd be like oh crap okay I'm on my way in and like they would just skip part of their morning routine so (laughs) on the morning of June 27 1995 she scheduled to work her regular shift on the morning show when she did not arrive on time at 350 a.m producer Amy Coons called her apartment she answered, apparently woken up by the call. She asked what time it was and how much time was left to produce the show. To Amy, she seemed coherent and nothing seemed to be not normal. It appeared like she was getting ready as they talked. And then when Jody did not show up by airtime at 6 a.m., Amy anchored the newscast herself. And in 2020, I'm reading this now on unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com, but on the 2020 show, they said um, that she kept calling and it was very out of character for her to be missing. So... After the show, she, um, Amy, the producer, sent the first available person to check on her. And some of her, basically, they went to the um, apartment building outside. Her car was like a bunch of her personal items on the ground. Her high heels, a blow dryer, hairspray, earrings, and a bent car key. They were strewn oh. around the parking lot around her car. So police were obviously then called to the scene. A search around her apartment complex found no trace of her. They saw that her personal items appeared to trail off from her vehicle, possibly towards like the lake area. And the evidence indicated that she'd been forcibly taken when she walked to her car, possibly with like the key in there. If someone was like, if the if the key was bent, then the key must have been in the car and somebody was like trying to pull her off. Like, oh no, she was so close. So close. Um, yeah. So they sent, they sent rescue teams around the countryside, divers, police dogs, the whole thing. And no trace of her was ever found. No. Yeah. And have they never found anyone? No. In 2001, she was legally declared dead. Um, there was a few people of interest, but nothing ever came of that. Um, yeah. J- Jody, what? Sorry. Oh, you couldn't pronounce her name. <laughs> Here's Sorry. Who's intrude? Who's intrude? I don't know. But like, hey, let me see what else. Yeah, I don't know. So sad. That's so interesting, though. I kind of, those ones where they just don't have a lead are, you know, obviously they had three leads there potentially, but they all they all went cold. They See, all went cold. The and I think, yeah, especially back then, there's no ring cameras. There's no 23andMe. Like, no. You're no. out there on your own in a small town like that. Like, absolutely. And it was probably so easy to get away with these absolutely absurd and like crazy and awful things. But, potentially are all these cold cases with the with the you know advancement of 23 and me and are people going to find out that their relatives are mass murders you know i mean sure i think they might be yeah so 
I don't know about you, but I am actually in the database for my heritage. <laughs> so I can't do anything wrong. <laughs> no, I just, I was totally kidding. I would never. But... <laughs> Wait, but what did it tell you? Are you like 100% Irish? Oh my God. Yeah, I. it was epic. It was, it was like last year now. So I can't really remember. It's literally 93% to, you can see in the map, like where my, and I know my grandfather is from this place. But yes, ninety three percent Irish, English, Welsh, Scottish, and then so funnily, it's like five percent Kazakhstan. What? Yes, Kazakhstan. I think I told you all this at the time because I was really shocked. I'm going to send this to you. Actually, let's do an episode or let's do a couple of minutes on this for our next um for our next. Uh, pod, but you should do it. It's so interesting. I love it. I but, really yeah, Kazakhstan. And then, of course, I think there was like you know, not Sweden, but possibly like Norway or something. You know, yeah. the Vikings or something. You know, you're always gonna have a little bit of that. But yeah, <laughs> so and it could pinpoint it. It said you know, areas where my family are from. My dad's family in Tipperary. My granddad's family in like the small town outside Galway um yeah it's really interesting love Wait, it and did it say what what side of the family the Kazakhstan was on no it doesn't give you any of that but um I matched with my cousin Bobby he had done it and Bobby in Kazakhstan it, 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 Bobby in Kazakhstan no Bobby in Dublin Bobby in Dublin but um he's my first cousin so I knew he had done it and I was like I I hope you are match with him because somebody is you know somebody's lying to us um but no it's cool I can tell you this person is either your first cousin or your you know it's half something maybe like yeah. I don't know like it gives you a couple of options and then of course you have all these randoms like your third cousin your third cousin your second cousin second cousin I have a couple of second cousins I've never met like on it and stuff okay. and then a couple of people write to you and they're like oh did you know you know Liam Fitzgerald from such and such I think we're related and uh, you know you go down this rabbit hole and you're it's just weird it's crazy but I yeah I know I love it pretty good you should do it it's really interesting yeah, I mean, I'm gagging to be told that I have 5% of something or other just because to be 100% Irish, like, I'll get yeah. over it. But like, I don't know, it's just a little bit boring. Yeah, no, yeah. When, I mean, I really jumped on that and honed in on that Kazakhstan. I think someone Kazakhstan said that to me. Kazakhstan yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. All right, well, that's all we have, you guys. Hopefully we'll have some listeners and some people with some comments and... I know. We'll have I a know. little community. Hey, that would be great. And you, you can let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Love it. All right. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Okay. I'll talk Bye. to you. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. This has been Allegedly Fabulous with Kevin Loftus and Stephanie Hogan. Please give us a rating and review. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear your take. You can follow us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. On Twitter, we are at Allegedly Fab. And you can get me at Kevin T. Loftus, K-E-V-I-N-T-L-O-F-T-U-S. And Stephanie is at Steph Hogan, S-T-E-P-H-H-H-O-G-A-N. Thanks, Emil, and see you next time.